This is Brain Diet, episode number 131. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Brain Diet. We are on episode 131. We are talking about overeating as a habit. I believe today's episode is going to be released on my dad's birthday. So happy birthday, dad. I sure love you. He used to always say, he used to always tell me this quote, and I can't remember the first two lines of it, but the third line was essentially something to the effect of life is always better when you have something to look forward to. And the first part was like someone to love, someone to hold and something to look forward to or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember growing up him always saying, what are you looking forward to? And I think there's so much power in that in directing the mind to the future and saying, what am I looking forward to versus what has gone wrong in the past? What is going wrong right now in my life? Instead being like, looking forward, what is something that is awesome? And I think sometimes even forcing ourselves to look forward to the future creates, causes us to create things to look forward to. If we're thinking about the future, sometimes we are forced to be like, well, I want to create something to look forward to. So how can I do that? And that's so much better than just looking back at what hasn't worked and what's going wrong. So I love my dad for that, for sharing that wisdom. I'm going to have to ask you dad later for the remainder of the quote, because I can't remember. So there you have it. We're talking today about overeating as a habit. And I want to start out by sharing three reasons why we typically overeat. Three reasons that can be the cause for, or at least the initial reason for why we would overeat. And I have explained the definition of overeating before, and people like to define it in different ways. But essentially, when I refer to overeating, essentially what I mean is eating when we are not hungry and it causes problems for us, whether like physical or long-term problems. It's eating when we hadn't planned to. It's eating in a way that causes negative consequences. It's eating in a way that maybe isn't for our greatest long-term benefit because of some perceived problem in the moment. Because overeating literally, if you're eating more calories than your body is burning in a day, that in and of itself isn't necessarily a problem. There's actually a great use for overeating because sometimes we want to be in a caloric surplus. Maybe we want to put on some weight, put on some muscle or do some metabolic repair or whatever that might be. There are absolutely situations where eating over the caloric amount that our body is burning in a day can be really, really helpful. But if what we are trying to do is not in that realm somewhere. If we are not consciously trying to eat more in a day than perhaps our body needs, if we are in a space of, hey, I would either like to eat about the amount that my body needs at kind of a maintenance level, or I would like to eat less than my body needs and thus allow my body to go internally for energy that would cause weight loss or fat loss, then overeating can become a problem. So three reasons for why we overeat, three reasons I see in my clients for why we tend to 
sabotage in these situations? Why do we eat when we're not hungry? Why do we eat when we haven't planned to? The first is typically because we want to avoid what we're feeling and food provides a temporary buffer. So we might not have a physical hunger necessarily, but we might be feeling some really big emotions that we don't know what to do with. We might be feeling a lot of fear, a lot of overwhelm, a lot of confusion, something that is perceived on our end as intolerable. And our brain sees that and goes, well, you know what? We can actually reach for something right now and it's not going to solve the problem, but it'll just make us feel a little bit better, right? And even though in the long term, we don't feel well, we believe this argument that our brains offers us, that our brain offers us and being like, oh, you know what? I can just feel a little bit better. So this can happen with big emotions and it can also happen with the smaller, more mundane emotions. So if you're walking through your kitchen and you're like, oh, I'm just feeling bored. What do I want to do right now? Or maybe there's something you don't want to do. Like, oh, I need to be um, uh, emptying the dishwasher and I don't want to. Oh, but there's some pretzels there. I'll just grab those. And food can often act as like a pick me up. Again, providing a temporary buffer between us and what we're feeling, food, this is a typical situation where we tend to overeat or eat a little bit that isn't in the most conscious or deliberate way, relating to emotions that we don't want to feel. The second reason that I see that people will overeat is a negative relationship with hunger. So say you are in a caloric deficit, say you are pursuing some type of weight or fat loss in some way, and you are experiencing some hunger, which is really absolutely normal when you are losing weight. And I mean, it's normal, I should say, just in general, we want to be experiencing hunger, we want those signals to be ready to go and happening in our bodies. It's an awesome signaling system that we have when we can feel hungry and feel full based on how our body is hormone balanced and all that kind of thing. So hunger is a good thing. But what happens is when we are in a deficit, sometimes our hunger can kick up just a little bit and we can feel some more of that physical hunger. And then we can also feel some of that emotional hunger where we're like, I don't like what I'm feeling. And this is a a bad thing. This is how we perceive it as a bad thing. So I feel like if I eat something, this will help me feel not so bad. When we have a poor relationship with hunger, when we aren't able to feel it and recognize it, it's just a physical symptom, just as you feel hot or cold. If we aren't in that neutral space, we can attach a really substantial story to it, to where we think that hunger is a terrible thing and we can quickly solve for that with food. So that is the second reason why we might overeat is we don't know how to feel hungry. We think that it's a problem. We think that something has gone wrong. And so we reach for food when maybe it isn't the most strategic thing and we can overdo it, meaning we eat more calories than is in alignment with whatever our goals are. So that's the second reason. Reason number three, and what we are talking about today, is we overeat because we have developed a habit of it. A habit being something that we do consistently, reliably, over time, over and over and over again. Our brains really like consistency. They like reliability for a variety of reasons. So examples of habitual overeating are things like nighttime eating, where every night you reach for something you didn't plan for. Every night you're going to the pantry for the snacks, the chips, the cookies. On a regular basis, this happens. This is the same thing with weekend eating. It's habitual where we don't really plan. We're like, I'm going to eat this way and I'm going to do this. And then the weekend comes and we inevitably engage in the same behaviors over and over again that typically are things like 
eating way more than we had planned or eating way beyond our fullness levels or eating way differently than we have throughout the week. Different foods, different macro counts, all of those types of things. Another example of habitual overeating, it could be in a specific location. So it could be a time of day. It could be a specific day. It could be in a specific location. I know for me, for many years, it was my parents' house where I would walk into my parents' house and there would just be this feeling of like, time to eat. I got to go to the kitchen. I got to go see what there is to eat. And it was really interesting to observe this over the course of years and how this became such an interesting habit for me. And through doing this work that I'm going to share with you today, it's it's shifted and changed. And it's been really powerful to see how habits form and how you can change them based on the tools and tips that I'm going to share with you. So these moments of habitual overeating where it is just happening consistently in the same way over and over again, again, is pretty true to how our brains work in that it makes a lot of sense. It makes sense that if we do something enough times and it gets us some type of feel good that our brain's just going to keep wanting to do it. It's also just going to be a pattern that's kind of put on autopilot. For example, sometimes I will have it kind of on my calendar on the way home from the gym. On this day, I'm going to swing by and pick up my medications from the pharmacy And, you know, it's just like part of my day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow after the gym, I will go and pick those up. And I can't tell you how many times I've left the gym and driven straight home. And not because I was negligent, not because I was doing anything wrong, but because I wasn't consciously thinking about it. My brain just reverted to the habitual autopilot. I drive home from the gym every single day. And so my brain is really accustomed to that being the norm. To say, hey, we're finished exercising, we get in the car with the kids and we drive straight home. The idea of intervening into that process and and putting a little bit of a chink in the chain there is a little bit disruptive to my brain. And so if I'm not thinking consciously, like when I wake up in the morning, when I drive to the gym, in the middle of my workout, after I finish, when I get the kids from the kid care, when I get into the car, if I'm not thinking at every one of those steps about, oh yeah, I got to stop by the pharmacy and pick up my medications, I will forget to do it. And this just makes perfect sense. Our brains like to put things on autopilot because it is very survivally useful. When you have to be conscious at every step of something, it requires energy. It requires caloric expenditure that could be used elsewhere. At least that's the way that the brain sees it, is if we're using calories to think so much about this, we're not going to be aware of all of the threats that could potentially happen. We don't get to be aware of all the other things that we need to be aware of and to be thinking about. And this was kind of like how it was for me when I was in college, right? Moved out of the, moved out of my parents' home, moved into a place I felt like I was kind of growing up into adulthood and all of that. And I had classes and was learning the layout of campus and trying to figure out where I was going to get my groceries and just the system and routine of how things were changing, how I, how I was going to figure that out. And so in the beginning, that's all I was thinking about is just trying to digest all of these changes and these new things that I had to think through and be conscious of every time. Like, okay, and which class is after this one? And when am I going to have time to, you know, fit this in? And what about this? And how am I going to, right? There were so many things that my brain had to think about to figure it out. But then once I got used to it, once I got into a rhythm, once I got used to the campus and got used to my system, I didn't have to think about it again. It just became normal and it was autopilot. And then I was able to focus on other things. This is just very true to how our brain works in that it 
doesn't like to have to think about things as consciously. It would prefer to just find a good system, a good rhythm, and then to put it on autopilot. This is why we can often be resistant to change is because what's comfortable is comfortable and it's familiar and it's what we're used to and we don't have to think about it. And so to have to uproot that can be uncomfortable. This is what happens for us when we have habitual overeating is there is a process that is a well-established pattern of behavior that is reliable that we get some type of reward from. And even if it's small, even if like the dopamine hit and the feel good that we get from food is so small, which oftentimes it is, I think we can glamorize how great food makes us feel. But even if it is so small, our brain views it as at least a little better than what we might feel if we didn't eat the thing. If we're just sitting on the couch watching a show, that's fine. But you know, it could be just a little bit better if we threw in like some extra calories here. And so then our brain's like, well, great, we should do that. That's fine. Let's do it. So what I want to offer you here today is that if you are in a state of habitual overeating, that's okay. It really does make sense why it happens and why it can be difficult to break. It's just because if we aren't consciously thinking about it all the time, then it can tend to happen without us realizing it. Now, I don't want to negate responsibility. I don't think it's fair for us to be like, it just happens. What happens is that we decide to not think about it. And we just allow it to happen subconsciously. We allow it to happen on that autopilot phase. And there are so many things in our life that it's really useful for that to be on autopilot. But if you find yourself eating habitually at the same time or in the same place on the same day, and it is causing some type of problem for you, then I will offer you that it's worth paying attention to, even if there is some discomfort involved because of what the benefit might be for you on the other side. Not to mention that you can break habits especially when it comes to food and overeating. Sometimes we feel like it is so difficult to break, but you can. I'm telling you, you can. So whatever your habit of overeating is, identify when the habit occurs and what the cue is. Is it a certain time of day? Is it when the kids go to bed? Is it a certain, like, is it on the weekend? Is it a certain location? What is it that's the cue that your brain perceives and then offers up all right, it's sugar time, it's snack time, it's cookie time, whatever that might be for you. Identify that specific area. What is the cue? What is it that happens and your brain takes that as permission to just run with it to implement this overeating, to implement this eating that we don't necessarily plan for, that we might not necessarily want. Once we can identify when the habit occurs, what that cue is, our task then becomes to open up to it, to be aware of it. Now, again, like I mentioned, being conscious and thinking about something like this, it's easy for us to dismiss. It's easy for us to logically say like, oh yeah, I'm going to open up to what's happening in my brain when this habit is trying to play out. But then in the moment we're like, oh, it's not, I don't need to do that. It's not that big of a deal. It's not necessary. It's not, it's not going to change anything. There are better, more important things to do. Your brain is going to argue that opening up to this pattern, to this mental space in the moment that it's happening, your brain's going to think that that's not necessary. It's going to think that it's useless, that it might not yield anything, that it's pointless to do so. But the way that I see it, This argument that your brain puts up where it's like, we don't need to do that. We don't need to pay attention to what we're thinking. Just do it because we'll feel good if we can just like have the cookie. It's no big deal. Your brain starts to put up this argument. I believe that our brains make this effort because they don't want to change a well-established process. 
If you are not paying attention to something, then it will happen. If you ignore something, it will just go the way that it's gone mostly before. And if you pay attention, even without changing it, if you stay in the space of awareness as something happens, it's painful and it requires more energy because you're having to think about it. And so your brain doesn't want to do that. Your brain doesn't want to pay attention. It wants to be on autopilot. So open up to the cue, open up to the habit, open up to what your brain is saying in the moment of the habit. And also be aware that your brain's going to think that it's not necessary, that it's not going to be helpful if you pay attention. Notice that that argument might come up and that it isn't necessarily true and challenge yourself to be present anyway. So you are going to anticipate this cue, anticipate this habit wanting to take place and watch your brain and what it does. By watching your brain in the moment of a habit, by being the conscious observer of this habitual pattern, the habit changes itself. And I don't mean that it goes away or that it stops entirely. This awareness isn't for the purpose of changing it, but simply to observe it. Rather, having the presence of mind, the awareness of what your brain is doing to you changes the way that it manifests. Like, you know, when you're not paying attention to something and it's almost more scary versus when you just face it head on, it's like not that bad. You're like, oh, you know what? This is what I was afraid of that I was making into something so big in my mind. This is what can tend to happen is we have this habit and we're like, I don't even want to pay attention to that because that's going to be so difficult to have to work through. But the second you start to consciously just observe it without judgment, it becomes so much less of a big deal. It becomes so much less intimidating to pay attention to. So when you can have the presence of mind to observe what's happening and what your brain is doing to you, you have the ability to avoid the judgment you will have of it. You will have the ability to just check out from it entirely and allow it to continue. You will have the ability to just watch. And when you can watch, you can be at least one step removed from it. Like I said, this doesn't mean that you won't have any negative emotion. When you are becoming the observer of this habit, and even if you do try to pause it before you execute, there will still be emotion. Even if you're very conscious of it and being aware and you're not judging it, there will still be negative emotion. But removing the judgment of it, I think, is what is so impactful in moving forward with it. Because you can still have discomfort, but it won't be as scary as our brain makes it out to be. And when our brain makes it out to be so scary, our brain wants to avoid it at all costs. We just want it to be on autopilot. We don't have to want to look at that. It's going to be too disorganized, too much work, too much pain and suffering to have to try to rewire all of that. That's what our brain offers us. Versus when we can just look at it and be like, okay, this is interesting. I have this singular habit at nighttime where I want to eat cookies, eat chips, eat whatever it is. And my brain wants to believe that A, it's extremely necessary and B, it's going to be so much work to change. When we can remove this judgment and just say, okay, I can see what's happening. Okay, here's the cue. It's 7.30 p.m. Okay, yep, here's the desire I'm having for the cookies. I want to go to the freezer and pull out those sugar cookies I froze. I want to go to the pantry and grab those chips that I had saved. This is what's going to happen is you just get to watch. You get to watch your brain as it happens. And there's going to be some negative emotion involved because you might not necessarily be following through with it. And that awareness 
is going to require some energy on your end and that's a little bit uncomfortable. The way that I think about this is oftentimes like I'm in the bathroom doing things like washing hands, brushing teeth, whatever with my kids and sometimes I'll start washing my hands and then my kids will come in and they'll start washing their hands and I will consciously think I'm not going to turn off the water. I'm going to keep the water running and dry my hands off because my kids are still all soapy. And even knowing that in the moment, even knowing that I'm not going to follow through, even knowing that it's going to be uncomfortable, like it, it is still so like, oh, but I need to turn it off, but I need to turn it off, but I need to turn it off. Like there's still that negative emotion involved despite all of my awareness. Like I'm not going to turn it off. I'm not going to turn it off. I'm not going to turn it off. Despite all of that, despite all of that awareness and anticipation, it doesn't get rid of that discomfort that comes no matter what. And so this is what can happen is for you to just be aware of it, it can change the process of it because oftentimes if we aren't aware of it, but we just try to stop ourselves without really checking in, that's when we start to like white knuckle and it just gets even worse because we're trying to resist something that we're not like dropping into. When you can open up to all of the dialogue that's happening in your mind and just observe it, instead of acting on it, instead of reaching for the things that you might want to eat, it changes the way you experience it. Because dropping into it is going to be so different than trying to like run away white knuckle and just use your willpower to avoid eating these foods that you might not want to be eating. So if overeating is a habit for you, be the observer of the mental process. Be the observer of the cue and then the thoughts that fill your mind. Okay, it's this time of day. Okay, it's this day of the week. It's this location. Here's the cue. What am I thinking? What's happening in my mind? What is my brain wanting to do to me here? And then instead of acting on it, instead of following through with the habit, be with the discomfort and just watch it. And you might want to judge this and be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a terrible person that this is happening. Or you might want to run away and find something else to numb your feelings, whether it's toward the food or, you know, toward your phone or something otherwise. You might have the urge to find some other way to make the discomfort stop. And what I want to recommend here is that you just drop right back into observation Instead of judging yourself, instead of running away from the discomfort, just go right back into, okay, I can see what my brain's doing. I can see that I'm feeling a little bit of discomfort. I can see that just like when I'm washing my hands, I can just see that discomfort. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's so funny that that happens, even though I know it's going to happen and I'm still not going to do it. I can just allow for that little ping of discomfort. Breaking habits is uncomfortable because it's a form of change. It is us uprooting something and having to change it entirely. I just recently reorganized some kitchen drawers and I've had it on my list to do for a couple of weeks and the drawers were working fine. It just had all of my kitchen utensils and stuff and it was easy to like throw them in the drawer. We kind of knew where they went and I had to exert more energy to take it all out and redo it. In order to put a new system in place, I had to be more conscious of those drawers than I was before and that you know, was a little bit uncomfortable. I had to think about it. I had to order some things. And it, it, this is a small example, but so are these habits is they are just small habits that for us to change and to create something different for ourselves, we have to exert a little bit more energy. We have to take everything out and think about every kitchen utensil. Do I want this? Do I not want this? We have to think about all of the thoughts that are happening in the moment that the habit is trying to take place. And this is what's required in order for us to get a new system in place, in order for us to have new drawers that are beautifully organized with beautiful drawer dividers. I'm so proud of these drawers, people. I, it was so satisfying to do them, but it worked. I 
exerted the energy. I had to think about it a little bit more, but it worked. And now I have something better. The drawers were working fine before they served their purpose of holding kitchen utensils, but I did want something better. And so for me to exert the energy to do so allowed for that. And this is the same thing that we have to do when it comes to habitual overeating is we have to be willing to put forth a little bit more energy, meaning we have to be conscious in the moment that it's happening. That's going to take energy and that's okay. But being more conscious is going to allow you to see what's actually happening and what's not working, what is working and what you can potentially do with all of that. You can simply observe your brain and see, okay, I can see what my brain's trying to do here. It's just a habit and that's okay. I'm going to pause. I'm not going to execute this habit. My brain's going to be uncomfortable and that's okay. I can just drop back into observation. I can just watch myself as I'm feeling uncomfortable and the habit isn't getting rewarded. So that is what I have for you today is that oftentimes we do create these habits when it comes to food, but just as we create habits, we can uncreate them, but it's going to require some energy, some consciousness, some thinking, but all it's going to take is for you to be willing to do so. I'm willing to be a little bit uncomfortable and I'm willing to pay attention to my mind every step of the way. So that is all I have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.